Well, hey, Hope City, Happy New Year. It is 2021, and we are here together, and uh, seasons are changing. Uh, show of hands for those that are watching online. How many of you still have your Christmas decor up? As you can tell, ours is gone, and it looks a little bare, a little empty or sparse. Maybe you took yours down already. Uh, if you're watching not live, I don't know how you would have a show of hands in that moment, but uh, maybe this year we're going to keep it up a little bit longer uh, through January just to make us feel warm and cozy and familiar. But the new year is a time uh, where seasons change. And, and it is a time for us uh, just naturally to look at it, new year, new seasons, new commitments, new challenges, new goals. You know, we may be cutting calories or getting healthy or uh, setting goals for certain accomplishments, whatever it is. It's just that natural time in our calendar for us to expect change, embrace change, uh, to choose change. Not just aesthetically, like you see behind me, but also just within our own lives. We, we do this, and as we look at 2021, uh, I think we are in a, an expectation, we're, we're hoping for and contending for a season of change, a, a year of something different than what we've experienced in the past. And as I was praying for us uh, in this upcoming year, I came across this text out of 1 Kings. And it shows that in the history of, of the people of Israel, they experienced change in this moment where they are having a change in leadership. The baton of leadership is being passed from King David to his son, King Solomon. And for Solomon, he's embracing this new change. And with that, it's, it's bringing in a new season for all of them uh, as a kingdom, as, as a people. And so I just want to read this passage. We're going to talk about it a little bit in this new season that we may be in in 21. 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. Solomon is writing to an ally of his. He writes, You know that because of the wars waged against my father David from all sides, he could not build a temple for the name of the Lord his God until the Lord put his enemies under his feet. But now... The Lord my God has given me rest on every side, and there is no adversary or disaster. I intend, therefore, to build a temple for the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord told my father David when he said, Your son, whom I put on the throne in your place, will build the temple for my name. So Solomon, in this letter, is, is contrasting these two seasons. This season of David, where David's leadership was good. We, we looked at it this summer. There's a lot of triumphant moments, but there's a lot of trial in his leadership. There's a lot of combat and wars and battles. It is marking your territory and kind of establishing the people of Israel under his leadership, under his kingship. And that can be described as very exhausting and painful, characterized by loss and suffering and anxiety, stress, this feeling of being unsettled as they're kind of planting their flag, if you will. And it became known to David that he would not, even though he really wanted to, he would not be the one to build the temple, the, the house for the Lord, that that was going to be something that Solomon was in charge of. And so ushers in this, this season of Solomon, this new, this, this new time under his leadership, one characterized by rest, one of strength, of building off of the past and the previous season. He's, he's restoring something. He's building something. Even the name Solomon is translated as peace, and he is entering into this time of peace. You saw that in the passage we read in verse 4. He says, now the Lord has given me rest on all sides. There is no adversary or disaster. And so now they're in this season uh, where he can build the temple. 
And that's what he's, he's in this excitement to do. I'm going to go and, and take on this endeavor that God has laid before us. And I think as we as a church look at this text, and, and as I read it, and it really challenged me, I kind of took a step back, if you will, and looked at it, and I saw David. And this season of David, and, and this season of unrest and disruption and, and, and being unsettled, and felt like, man, how many of us would characterize 2020 like that? Where it's one of feeling embattled and, and the struggles and the difficulties and disruptions that we face. And we are contending and praying for 2021 to be a season like Solomon of rest and peace. And I understand that just because it's January doesn't mean all your circumstances are fixed, okay? So I'm not that, that, that naive to think, oh, well, it's January 1, so new year, new you, new everything. I understand if you were uh, having health issues or dealing with unemployment or financial struggles, dealing with conflict in, in relationships, it doesn't just go away instantaneously just because the calendar changed. But what we are looking at here and what we are praying for and contending for is a new season. With this new year, I pray that it brings a new season, much like the Solomon season, where it is described as one of peace, one of rest. Not just rest from our circumstances, but rest from our soul, and a time for us to begin to develop, to begin to build, to begin to construct something good. What does God want to be constructing in this, uh, in this season and in this time? And when Solomon's looking ahead at this time to build, this is an exciting time. You ever had a big construction project or a small construction project even? This last summer, I'll tell you a story. This last summer, I built a shed in our backyard. We needed some more storage space, and so I got one of these uh, instant sheds. At least I thought it was more of an instant shed because it was a shed in a box, right? Open it up, everything's in there, and it should be boom, done. All easy peasy, lemon squeezy, and that was not the case. Uh, to get this thing going, this, this shed stayed in the box for quite a while because we had to get the ground right. We had to clear it of all the debris and the toys and the things. We had to rake the dirt and, and get it level. We had to put blocks out and and make sure that those were level. We had to square things off and then begin to construct a platform and, and get that square and flat and level and weatherproof and all of that. And there was a lot of labor and intensive effort that had to get put into creating this foundation. But once that was set, it was time to build and time to crack open that box. And well, that wasn't quite as instant as I would have thought anyways either, but there was an excitement and anticipation, and sometimes when we get to that point, there, there is that same thing as we go into this new season. We're out of this season of David, out of this season of frustration. We're out of this feeling of being unsettled. We've done the work. We've cleared the land. We've pruned some things. We've simplified our lives. We've gotten rid of stuff we didn't need. Maybe you physically moved, or you changed jobs, or you did some things to your budget. You just You did some hard work, and you got to this new season. And it's time to build. And that's exciting. That's a time of anticipation. And what is Solomon about to go and build? Let's talk about that for a moment. Because in chapter 6, he gets into great detail about it. So much so that I'm sure many of us, when we get to that, we just fall asleep. Because it's so invigorating to read about measurements of lumber and, and spacious layouts of temples and all of these things. And porticos and, and, and entryways and all of this stuff. You can hence... You can pick up on the sarcasm there. Chapter 6 goes into this great detail, and what it's showing you is just the magnitude of the temple. Some of the characteristics of the temple are important to, to pick up here. One is the, the sheer size of it, the, the magnitude of it. It would have stood out in the city of Jerusalem at this point. In fact, in the whole region of the far 
the, the ancient Near East, it would have stood out in that time. It would have been something of such great size and magnitude. It would have resonated within that, within that culture at that time, that when you saw it, it was something very unique and something very special. But let's also not forget that this is a very slow process. This took seven years, it says, for Solomon to construct this. Seven years. That's a slow build. Even the people getting the temple, it, it takes eight, uh, 480 years from the time that they leave Egypt in slavery to the time where they build a place to worship their God permanently. Think about that. 480 years from, the, from where they are enslaved in Egypt, wander the desert, escape through the Red Sea, go conquer the promised land, develop the promised land, have a king, have another king, have another king, and then build the temple. It's 480 years later. It is a slow process to get to the temple, but it is a significant significant moment for them. It is very valuable, the materials used. You're going to see gold. You're going to see all these expensive, ornate, intricate details of materials that are very costly, and, and it is important. And, and, and these things are being set aside. It is very significant in this way. It is a shared experience, right? As he's going and doing this, Solomon's not doing it on his own. He's actually, as we read, he's writing to an ally and telling him, this is the project that I'm taking on. And in order to do this, he needs a partnership with other people to make this possible. He can't go it alone. It is a sacrificial significant uh, structure, right? Because within there, they would repent and they would offer their sacrifices. They would get right with God and have these moments where the priests would do their rituals to cleanse the people of Israel. This was sacred. This was not a selfish endeavor for Solomon. This wasn't look at me and look at my glorious kingdom. This was a sacred and selfless decision to build this thing. It is one of obedience. And most importantly, when we look at the temple, it is very symbolic. The, the temple is one of great symbolism because it symbolized this is the dwelling place of the Lord. It was common in that time. You had temples that that's where the gods resided, where they lived, where they dwelled is what you often see. But it symbolized that this is where God would reside. This is where heaven intersected earth. This, was, this is why they, you describe it as the footstool of heaven, the footstool of God. And his throne is in heaven and his feet just step into the temple. It's where his eyes and ears would be focused in as they believed. And he would focus his attention toward the people of Israel, towards the temple, hearing their cries, seeing their obedience, seeing their sacrifices. It was symbolic of the Sabbath and the rest and, and, and God being with his people and resting with his people. The temple is symbolic of the Garden of Eden and God residing in the garden with Adam and Eve as they fulfill the purposes. He is residing within the temple with the priests as they fulfill his purposes. God is with his people. And the symbolism of that is so important within the temple. And as we look at all of those things about the temple, it is important to see those characteristics and get a picture of what Solomon is taking on, this big project, right? But what it shows us is also the heart of God because God is the one doing the building. God is the architect. The word for builder that's used in the scriptures is, is actually the word that we would use for architect. He's the one laying out blueprints and plans and he's got it all mapped out. That's the kind of builder that God is. And I want us thinking about this, I want to do a fun little activity. It'll make sense when we do it, but I want to do a fun little activity, a little trivia. You can wrinkle your brain and test your knowledge here, so bear with me. I'm going to name a slogan for a company, and you tell me the company name, okay? We're going to shift gears, have a little fun here for a second, all right? For those that don't like having fun in church, just grit it out, and we'll have some fun. Anyways, here we go. I'm going to name a slogan, and you name the company 
uh, for that slogan. If you're watching online at 10 a.m., just type it in the chat. Otherwise, share your answers with those you're sitting with or just test yourself and answer to yourself. All right, here's your first one. Built Ford Tough. Built Ford Tough. Yeah, I'm going to give you about two seconds to answer that one because it's that easy. It is not a trick question. It is Ford, all right? Built Ford Tough. That was a softball I was lobbing up for you. All right, here's the next one. Building a better way to see the USA. Building a better way to see the USA. What do you think? Hmm? That better, building a better way to see the USA is Chevrolet. Hmm, Chevrolet. Not Ford, but Chevy. Here we go. Let's build something together. Here's your next one. Let's build something together. Think about it. Some clues within that slogan there. Can you name it? Down Home Depot. It's not McClendon's. It is Lowe's. Yes, Lowe's. Let's build something together. All right, here we go. Getting back. Here we go. Built for the road ahead. There's a hint in there with the word road. Built for the road ahead. Built for the road ahead. Any ideas? Yep, we're bringing it back. That is Ford. Ford had more than one slogan, not just built Ford tough. Built for the road ahead. Maybe it should have been built Ford the road ahead. <laughs> there it is. All right, last one. This one's really tough. If you get this, you get a pat on the back. Well done. Better built, better backed. Better built, better backed. Anyone know the answer to that? No Googling. That would be cheating. I'm just testing your brain power here. Better built, better backed. That is Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi. Now, did you catch the common thread in all those? It's all about building, right? Constructing something, building something together. But these slogans show that these companies are trying to communicate something about what they're building. The quality, the toughness, the adaptability, the reliability of what we build. Man, you want to buy into this product, right? As we look at the temple that Solomon built, I think we see the characteristics, the fingerprints of the, the chief builder, and that is God. We see more of who he is and his qualities and, and understanding that what he is building in this temple translates beyond just the structure because God is asking Solomon to do way more than just build a physical building. What he's doing right here in this moment is building a metaphor, an illustration, an image for us to grab onto because God is building us. We are the temple that he is building. I want you to grab that because in the New Testament scriptures, it is constantly brought up that we are the temple that God is truly constructing. He is not just building physical structures and locations and buildings. This building I'm in right now, this church building, right? This is not the temple. What scriptures are going to show us, and we're going to look at some of these, is that you and I are the temple that God is building and as we look at these New Testament scriptures, we're going to see a lot of the similarities, a lot of the parallels between the, the physical temple that Solomon built, about how it took a slow process and it was sizable and it was specific and it was significant and symbolic, all of those things that we talked about, a shared experience, sacrificial, all of that. It was sacred. You're going to see all of that translated into these scriptures that we read in just a second, talking about you and I, you and I, y'all, all of us are the temple that God is building. And we start with that. We see Jesus talk about it in John chapter 2. John chapter 2, Jesus is talking about the temple, and he says the temple's going to be destroyed, and in three days it'll be restored. It'll be rebuilt. 
And they scoff at him, and they're just like, whatever, man. It took years to build that thing. What are you talking about? But what it says in, in chapter 2, verse 21, is that the temple he was talking about was his body. That what Jesus was referring to is that his body is the temple. See, we start to see that imagery that the temple that Solomon built is only a metaphor for us being the temple, for Jesus being the temple. Ephesians chapter two, the apostle Paul uses this imagery of us being the temple when he talks to the early church and he talks about them and he says, consequently you are no longer foreigners and aliens but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Start to see that building imagery, don't you, right? Jesus is the chief cornerstone. We're built on this foundation of this teaching. And then what does he say in verse 21? In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You see, Paul is right here in his letter to the Ephesians pointing out we are built around the cornerstone of Christ, on the foundation of the teachings of the apostles and the, and, and the prophets and the things that were passed down. But God is making his home. Remember the imagery that we talked about the temple being a dwelling place for God. What does Paul say? You are being built together to be the temple. And in verse 22, right, so that we would be a dwelling place that the Lord lives in by his spirit. Like you and I are where the God, where, where, you and I are the, the temple in which God resides within. We are the ones that he takes residence in. He sets up camp within our lives. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is in us and moves through us. That's the beauty of what we're seeing here with this imagery of us being the temple. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Paul, uh, Peter, excuse me, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, Peter talks about us being living stones as a part of this temple, Right? He says, as you come to him, the living stone, Jesus being the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are built into a spiritual house to be a royal priesthood. He's starting to see this imagery. This is constant within the New Testament scriptures. As they're writing these letters to the early church, they're trying to get them to see, man, you matter to God. You're precious to him. Paul says that you are no longer aliens and, and citizens of this world. You are a part of something bigger. You're assembled into something bigger, right? And when they're using this language, it is inclusive. It is, when they say you, it's not just individual you. It is a collective you. It is more of a Texas y'all. Y'all are part of the temple of God. It is all of us collectively, not just as individuals, but as one united community of people. And I think that that's important because it shows us that it's not just specific people. Some of you right now might be watching it saying, yeah, pastor, you're a living stone. You're chosen by God. You're a part of his temple. But I don't know if I am. That's not true. Paul and Peter and, and everything that we're seeing here is to say all of us are called into this. All of us are being built up as the temple of God. And we do this together, and I think we know and recognize and, 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 and see that need, that we need each other to be built as the community that God has, has called us to be. Paul talks about this more in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and, and goes really in depth on this, saying that you are God's building in chapter 3, verse 9. And he, he talks about building on that foundation, and at the foundation of that building, 
right? He says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. Jesus is the foundation of this temple. He's at the core. He's at the bottom. He's holding it all together. Jesus is the foundation. The gospel of Christ is at the foundation of what God is beginning to build on us. And Paul lays it out in verses in the following verses of chapter 3 and verse 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, saying that some of us are going to try to build the temple on things that are a little more superficial, a little more superfluous, a little more futile, and, and try to build it on ourselves or other theologies or other doctrines. And, and we're building these things, but they're going to be tested, he says. They're going to have to stand that test. And if they don't stand that test, it shows you, man, you, you were just pouring your life into something that really didn't matter in the same way. And I think what it does is it challenges us. We read this, challenges us about what are we building our lives around? What are we focusing our lives around? It is not the superficial. It is the eternal that we are called to. That's what Paul's rattling their cage and saying, don't you get it, right? In verse 16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. I hope it's becoming very clear. The, the metaphor that we see, Solomon built a physical structure, but it is a metaphor to say we are that temple that God is building. And what are we spending our lives trying to build it on? We spend so much of it trying to build on things that are temporary and futile and are here one day and gone the next. They're replaceable. God is stirring us to reevaluate these things, to focus on the eternal, to focus on being more whole and complete, and to be more focused on what matters to him. That's what we're talking about. What does God want to build in you this year? That's what we're challenging you to think about today. As we talk about changing of seasons from, from David to Solomon and Solomon being able to build, as we move from 2020 to 2021 and being able to hopefully move into a season of rest and peace and, and, and construction and building, this is not to be taken literal as some sort of Hub City building project sermon. Please don't mishear me on that. We are not talking about that. We're talking about what God wants to do to grow and develop and construct you to be more like Jesus. What are the intangible things he wants to develop? What are the tangible things he wants to grow in you? How does he want to shape you and mold you and construct you and build you to be more like him in this coming year? That's what God is all about. Because you and I are that temple, that dwelling place of God where he takes up residence, where he makes his home, where he's a part of our lives. And yeah, sure, it's a slow process. It's it's a... It's a sacred process, it's a shared uh, process, it, at times can be very symbolic, whatever. But we see all of that translate, and all those parallels. But as we close today, I want you to think about what does God want to build in you in 2021? What does he want to build in you this year? And let's think about some of those things. Maybe he wants to grow and develop your spiritual habits. That for you, spiritual, you know, you've got a Bible at home, you don't really crack it open. Worship is only reserved when we're in a building together. You know, prayer is only at Thanksgiving before a meal. You know, some of our spiritual habits have become relegated to, to only certain spaces, certain times. But maybe this year is about growing in that, developing in that, and having a desire to seek Jesus and, and seek quality time with Jesus rather than just checking a box. More than just legalism, more than just routine. 
Maybe this year is about building your, your relationships, your family, your marriage, your kids, your grandkids, your friendships. Because life is not meant to be alone. You're meant to share life with other people, but relationships are something that God can construct within us, that there is a, 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 a bond that takes place. And so it is about building those things and finding more uh, a wholeness in your home, a greater wholeness and completeness in those friendships as you go to a greater depth of vulnerability and transparency, as you strive to maybe unite recreationally, but also spiritually. Are we uniting with people in our lives spiritually and emotionally, mentally, Sharing life in these ways. Maybe God wants to build those relationships, but it's gonna take it's gonna take some time, it's gonna take some effort, it's gonna take some sacrifice. Maybe God wants to build your trust and your dependency upon Him this year. To even discover and articulate what that even means. Taking more risk, exercising more patience as you wait, learning to pray first and post on Facebook second. Learning to seek him first rather than get caught up in the fears and anxieties and trying to solve the problems yourself. But it's about building and developing that dependence upon him. See, what he wants to build may be very tangible. May be your finances this year. Maybe something you can feel and touch. Maybe he says, man, this year I want to work on building a budget and getting you out of debt and let's work on that. Let's be disciplined in that. Let's live a lifestyle of generosity so we can give our resources away to bless other people in those ways, right? Could be very much something tangible, but could also be something intangible. Could be, like we said, your trust, your dependency, could be your boldness. Maybe in previous years you've been very timid about your faith, but this is a year where God wants you to build and to develop and to grow, to experience the boldness of the Holy Spirit, to share your faith to invite someone to church, to pray with someone publicly or out loud, to share your testimony, your story of Jesus this year with somebody else, somebody that needs to hear it. You see, that boldness could be something that God wants to build in you and and begin to break down the insecurities and the lies that you've been buying in for so long. The last one that comes to mind is maybe God wants to build your calling, your future, your identity, And this year is about exploring. This year is about asking questions or listening to God. It's about seeing what God wants you to do and discovering more who he's made you to be. Because for too long you've just been asking and kind of wandering and waiting and just like, okay, God, I don't know what's up, man. What do you want me to do with my life? You've, You've sensed desire for more. But maybe this is the year you begin to, okay, God, let's construct this. Let's build this. Let's grow this. Let's develop this. But see, all of these things are about developing and growing to be a more whole and complete person who is a dwelling place for Jesus. And the beauty of this is that it's not relegated or dependent upon external circumstances. This is not going to be dependent. The things we're talking about here of what God wants to build are not dependent upon whether or not you get vaccinated, the the pandemic goes away, you wear a mask, you don't wear a mask, it doesn't matter. Right, Because the things that we're talking about are not relegated and dependent upon physical circumstances. These are things that God can do anywhere, anytime, and in any situation and circumstance. Because God could build and construct and grow you. And it's not dependent upon what happens in our culture or in our political system or whoever's president or whoever is leading your, your sphere of influence that this could be a year where God wants to grow you 
and construct and build something healthy and whole and complete. So I want to give you a moment to pause and to ponder this. I'm going to put the question up on the screen and, and just give you some time to reflect, to think. Maybe journal, pray about it. If you're a verbal processor, maybe you're sitting with other people right now, you can talk with them about it and just kind of share your ideas and what you're thinking. But I really want you to, to pause and ponder this question. What does God want to build in you this year? All right, take a few moments. And then after that, I want to pray for us and close us up. And, uh, and that'll be our time together. I'm glad you had time to, to, to think about those things and reflect. And if you need more time, I encourage you, take that. Don't rush off to the next thing. Soak in this. Meditate, you know, uh, marinate in it if you need to for a little bit longer. And, and write these things down. But, but this is what I want to pray for us as we wrap up. What's the next step? Proverbs talks about man making his plans, but God determines his steps. And, and so let's lean into the Lord for understanding and for wisdom and truth and direction. What is the next step? Is there somebody you're supposed to tell? Is there somebody you're supposed to talk about this with? Uh, is there something specific he wants you to do, a step of obedience that's next? And let's just contend and, and pray and ask the Lord for, for clarity in that together, all right, church? Because we're praying that 2021 is a year where God builds his church, which means God builds you. Let's pray. Jesus, Jesus, we just give you this year we have no idea what to anticipate, what it's going to look like. We come with, with refreshed hope and anticipation. But we come with our hands open before you saying, God, you are God and we are not. We trust you. We believe in you. We follow you. Jesus, be the king of our lives. And I pray, God, that you would continue to stir our hearts into what you have for us this year. What you want to build in us. How you want us to grow, to be more whole and and healthy and, and complete in you, Jesus. Build your church. Form your church. Shape your church, God. We are your church. And we lay it on our lives for you. Holy Spirit, direct our path and show us what the next step is to being obedient to you in this and what you're, what you're leading us towards, what you're calling us towards. We want to follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. For more information, check out thehubcitychurch.com. Thanks for listening.